Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. We are now part three interview of <laughs> Shannon. Woo-woo. Shannon is very excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel a little, a little nervous. I was thinking when we first put the podcast out and I was Liz, I did a lot of like sharing my story and like very vulnerable of, because of all the things that were happening. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was like, kind of felt like it was, there was a, um, shield protecting me because it wasn't really like me sharing. Um, so this, I guess, feels different now. That's interesting. Yeah. So tell us how you met your (laughs) J. I I was going to say something, but I won't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah. So Jay, actually it goes back when I was a sophomore in college, I went to Ball State. Um, I studied abroad at the London Center and there were like 35 of us from Ball State who were in this program. And there was a girl in the group, her name was Grace. And there was like a, I don't know, a group of like eight or so of us girls that like hung out a lot. And she was in that. And um, turns out she's Jay's sister. So that's kind of interesting, but like, so we were in London together. So I knew a little bit like about her family, like that she had a, an older brother, she had two sisters, whatever. And so then we all come back to Muncie and like our, like study abroad group, we would get together just like as mutual friends, like Grace and I didn't really hang out one-on-one, um, ever. So it was all, it was always like, Hey, we're all getting together and we would hang out and like have fun. And so there'd be a few times that we were out where I remember we like ran into Jay, like where he was out, he would be in the same bar and Grace would be like, Oh, there's my brother. And she'd go talk to him. And I remember thinking like, wow, he is very different than like Grace. Cause I don't know. Grace is more like put together similar to like how we are like structured in school and like Jay you could just tell was like all over the place it was he had his really long hair wearing crazy clothes like he just had a very different vibe um and so like being around I I knew a little bit about like I don't I guess I didn't ever really know like about Jay's addiction like through grace but there were things that you would pick up on like oh it's you know he definitely parties a lot he does more than like just drink and smoke weed probably like he just so I kind of had a little bit of knowledge in that but more so in like oh he's just like a party person so then fast forward a couple years 
later, it's my senior year. And I lived across the street from a record store and the owner of the record store actually like lived in the house, like in the back part of the house and the front part of the house was the store. And so my roommate and I, we'd just like go over and hang out there, like look at records, you know, shoot the shit with the owner, talk about music and things. So there was a time that I was over there and it was just me and one other person. And that person ended up being Jay. And I overheard him telling the record store owner about, oh yeah, my sister is studying abroad. She studied abroad a second time. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, is your sister Grace? And he was like, yeah. And so we were like, oh, okay. Like I'm friends with her. Hi. Like we talked about being jealous that she was abroad again. That was it. But then a week later, I was like waiting for all my friends to make plans. Nobody was doing anything. So the record store was doing a concert like in the lawn. And I was like, I'll just go hang out there until people figure out their plans. So I go over like by myself and I'm like standing on this like ramp. And there was a person next to me. And then partway through that person left. And the person on the other side of them was Jay. And so we did that whole like awkward, like, oh, hey, we kind of know each other. Like, how's it going? And then just like started talking and really like hit it off. And when the show ended, he was like, you want to go to this bar like across the street? And I was like, sure, why not? And like, we went and just had like so much fun. And uh, there was a band playing and we were just like dancing around. Like, I don't know it just felt very like free. And usually I'm a little bit more like, what's everyone thinking about me? Like, I don't know. And so we were just had a lot of fun. Um, and then after that, we just like kept hanging out and then, um, pretty early on, it was like a few weeks later, Jay asked me to be his girlfriend And I was like, okay, well, actually I told him, I was like, well, here's the thing. I have plans to go to Europe after college. Like my roommate and I have made this plan. We're going to go backpacking after graduation. And like, that's not changing. And like, so there's that. And he was like, that's cool. Like, we'll just figure it out when it gets to that. So I was like, okay, cool. And yeah, we can start dating. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the beginning, which is, I always think is so funny that we started like officially dating so quickly. And then, you know, here we are 12 years later. <laughs> Did you ask his I, sister if you could date? I didn't ask her. I told him like, Hey, you need to, I think like give Grace a heads up before we like make anything official or tell other people. I did not feel at the time like I needed permission from her because like we were like friends in the sense of like we had a group of friends that all went out together and we'd like hang out but we didn't have any like we never like hung out one-on-one we never really talked about things like personally about like like dating and things so I I didn't view her as like a close friend like oh now I'm like dating her brother I mean now she is one of my close friends um just because of a group of friends that then all moved to Indy afterwards and she was a part of it and I was a part of it and then like you know the connection through Jay 
but at the time, I guess I didn't really feel like I had to like get her permission. I don't know. So you start off um, your relationship, like it feels like a very normal college relationship and, but Jay is not in college. Right. He is and, like five years older than me. Yeah. And then, so I guess at what point, so I, I imagine, cause I felt the same, like it feels very normal and you feel like very fun. And like, at what point did it start to not feel normal and like, oh, something maybe going on here like what were those first signs yeah well I guess so I'm trying to remember like I can't pinpoint the time where we like had to talk about him being an addict oh actually I guess the way it would have come out <laughs> uh, I don't know this is slightly embarrassing for me to uh, admit was that um he did not have his license at that point because he had had a DUI and it was suspended for that period of time, like, or he had just gotten it back, like whatever it was, there was a period of time where he didn't have a license. And so it was like, because of a DUI, which, you know, then opened up a little bit about his like past issues with um, like drugs. And so he was like honest that he had been like a heroin user used like basically any and every drug um but at the time that we were we got together it had been almost two years of him not using like hard drugs like he was still drinking and smoking weed and I did not think that that was a a red flag like I felt like oh man like this all sounds I mean, heroin sounds very serious and, but like, I know a lot of people who have done drugs in different points in their life and then don't. So like that's in the past. Right. Um, so most of the things that felt kind of weird early on for us were actually related to drinking and like, or that's what we would get in arguments about sometimes where like there would be times that we'd go out and he would just get like so much more drunk than like everyone else. Or like, he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'll meet up with you at this time. And then like hours later, he'd finally meet up because along the way he'd stopped at this bar and then that bar and ran into so-and-so and was just very like free spirited. So that was what was a little confusing during those times is like, I was still in college and drinking a lot at that time. Like, I mean, my friends and I, we were doing like thirsty Thursdays, go out on Fridays, go out on Saturdays. There was like karaoke night on Wednesdays. So it like, wasn't super alarming to me, just the environment that we were in, like that he was like drinking regularly. Um, and then a lot of it also got like chalked up to like his personality where it's like, yeah, he's just not very good at keeping track of time. Or if he says he's going to meet me at 8 PM, like, I mean, when we first met, he didn't even have like a smartphone, like, or texting. Like we only, only talked by like actually talking on the phone, which I know a lot of people did that for a long time, but <laughs> at that point in the era, it was like, what do you mean you don't have texting? So 
I don't know. I think a lot of times I made some concessions where I was like, well, he, this is just like part of his personality. Like he's a free spirit. And I'm like, I, you know, looking back on it and, you know, after doing like work on myself, it's like, I think that I was attracted to that because there's a part of me that like wants to, to be that way, but I'm much more like, you know, color in the lines. Here's the like order that you're supposed to do things. Um, and so Jay brought out that, like, no, you can do whatever you want and just be who you are. So, um, so yeah, uh, something that stands out, I was thinking about remembered like that summer, like after I graduated, um, my Europe trip ended up getting delayed, uh, cause plans fell through with my friend, but I, I still did go. I just ended up going by myself and working it around like other people that I knew who were like teaching English in Spain, or my sister was studying abroad. And I had another friend who was from Istanbul and was back there and someone else who had the Fulbright. So I kind of worked that into my route. So I stayed in Muncie for that summer and, um, was like just working. I was a waitress at Bob Evans. So I was like working all the time to like save up money for my trip. And so really like during that time, like the drinking wasn't super noticeable because it was still like, we were still very enmeshed in that like college town lifestyle. And we both worked in the like restaurant industry. So we were getting off late and then it was like, oh, everyone would go out like drinking. Like that was the thing. Um, um, well, I guess, I guess before I go into this part, since I'm just like talking, <laughs> did you have any questions about anything I said or was there anything else you wanted to ask me? I, this was, I was actually so funny. I was just messaging Katie, like a direct message, like Shannon's on a roll. She's just going to keep going. You like, it's so funny <laughs> how you get nervous and then you just like spill it all, like without any prompts. You're just like, this is what happened. Yeah. I don't have any questions. I think, open. I think it's interesting though, that like you knew something was going on. You know, I think that all three of us have had like this intuition of things like it's like oh this isn't right and we're like looking for rationale for that like mm -hmm. um so it's interesting at this part of your story to hear you talk about that because um I relate heavily to that and then I just think it's like probably something a lot of people do and it's like it's just interesting like I think that that's maybe a sign that there probably is something happening and you at this point you're thinking like what's going on do you have a problem already knowing he had a DUI that resulted in him losing his license which was most likely not the first DUI right. um, and that's one of the sayings that came to mind was like normal people get one DUI like alcoholics get more than one and <laughs> that's something that they say in the program and um yeah, so it's interesting that you're still kind of going back and forth whether or not he has a problem after having some of these facts, like when you condense it down into this story. Yeah, and there would be times where I'd be like, well, you know, maybe, like, maybe this is something that he'll just grow out of or, you know, as, like, our life changes, like, it won't really be a thing anymore. And, you know, I think I wanted, I'm sure that's, like, what I wanted to believe because like outside of the times that we would get in big fights about alcohol, which 
obviously that's all that I've talked about here. So, but we weren't getting in fights like every day. Like, like I said, it was very much like it would happen. We'd have this like blow up for a day. It would go away. Nothing would happen for months and then it would happen again. And like all of the in-between times were really good. And like, we had a lot of the same like values when it came to like hanging out with our families and like how much like our families meant to us and like liking to go to see music, like live music and riding our bikes and all of these things. So it was like, I don't know. I think there was part of me where it was like, all of these other things are good. So like this piece, like, I don't know, maybe trying to convince myself that it wasn't a big deal or thinking like, oh, well, it can change, right? Like, you know, if we just keep moving down the path, like it can get, it's rather than thinking, oh, it's going to get worse. I think I was just thinking like, oh, it will be less of an issue, which was the opposite. (laughs) So what happened? Yeah. So then 2013, so this is when we get into the time of the things that I know now that I did not know at the time. So like what I know now is that sometime early 2013, like January-ish, Jay started using heroin again. Like he had been out at a bar, somebody that he knew or whatever mentioned like, oh, hey, I, I got this guy. He can, you know, if you still are interested in this stuff, he can get it. And Jay, like in that moment was like, no, I'm good. I don't do that anymore. But then it like lingered in his mind. And eventually, like a couple weeks later, he reached out, you know, and did the whole thing, like told himself, oh, it's just going to be a one-time thing. I'll quit. No one will have to know. And obviously like that didn't happen. So I didn't know about this. Um, Then we get to St. Patrick's Day and Jay was, he was working in the restaurant and obviously St. Patrick's Day is a busy time. So he like worked a double. So I went out with my friends. Um, cause it was like on a Saturday. So we went out like day drinking. I got home like that evening and just like crashed. And next thing I know, I like woke up in a panic. Like I just like shot out of bed, like, Oh shit, something is wrong. And it was like two 30 in the morning. Jay wasn't home. I had no texts or anything from him. And I just had this sinking feeling like something is wrong. So I'm like calling his phone, like in a panic, no answer, no answer, no answer. Finally, he answers. And, you know, I have like, oh my God, he's alive. Like, I'm like, where are you? And he was like, so everything is fine. Don't freak out, but I'm like getting arrested. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean you're getting arrested? And he said, I got like pulled over, um, for drinking. And I was like, well, wait, no, this doesn't make any sense. Like, how are you talking to me if you're getting arrested? And he was like, well, like, luckily this officer is cool. And my phone kept ringing. So he, he answered it. So I can't talk long, but I just wanted you to know, like, I'm okay, but they are, they're taking me to jail. So I'm going to need to be like bailed out or something. And then it was like, I got to go. Bye. And, you know, now at this point, it's three in the morning. I'm just like, what? And so I called his sister, um, Grace, my friend, because she also lived downtown near me. She was 
one of the people I had been out with that day. So I call her and I'm like crying, like, I don't know what to do. So she comes and gets me, she and her boyfriend come and get me, take me to her apartment. And like, you know, we're just trying to like Google, how do you find out like how you get him out of jail? How long will it be? When will we hear from him next? And I remember I didn't sleep at all, like the rest of the night. And finally, like it was the next evening because of course it was a holiday and one of the holidays where they arrest like the most people. So processing was very slow. So finally heard from him and got the information for like his bail. And I remember we went to like the bail bonds place and figured that all out. And then we're able to get him out. I think it ended up being like the next morning. Um, so that was a situation where like, this is a problem. And I still, you know, think it's only about drinking. Um, again, something I've learned since is that yes, he had been drinking at work, like with coworkers and then left, but he was on his way to get to meet up with his dealer. Um, which obviously that wasn't told to me because I, I questioned, I was like, well, why were you on that street? I don't understand why you were even driving that way. And he was like, oh, I was taking so-and-so home. Like, okay. That makes sense. And he was just over the legal limit. That also was some like justifying going on. Like you had some drinks with coworkers, you got in the car, you didn't really think that it would register. Like you have the worst luck. <laughs> um, and then from there, that's when like things started being weird, um, where it seemed like, well, his license got suspended again. And because during this probationary period, um, so he started walking and biking to work, uh, which was like two and a half miles from where we lived. So at least that was manageable. So he was walking, um, so he like started losing some weight like a couple months later, uh, which was because of using heroin. But I thought like, oh, well, I guess he's walking a lot. Like that would do it. Um, there were times like he'd get in trouble at work from like he'd show up late or something and be like, well, you know, I'm walking or the weather or something happened. There were just all these things that felt like they were good reasons. Um, and like started getting behind on rent, but the reason for that was because he had these court fees and lawyer fees and, you know, so of course he's behind on rent, but obviously it was the drugs did not help that. So those were all of the like little pieces in that time where I'd be like, something is weird. And then it was probably that summer, June or July. I remember I went. I went on vacation with my family. And when I came home, like the place was just dirty. I'm like, like, what have you done the last few, like few days? Like, did you like not take care of the apartment or yourself at all? And then there was a letter from his landlord saying that he was going to be evicted since he hadn't paid rent. And that was like a moment where I was like, what, what is this about? Like, I gave you money last month to pay for rent. Like, where did that go? Um, and I can't remember. I think he claims that it went to 
his lawyer, like he was more behind on that than he admitted because he was embarrassed by how much debt he was in and that he couldn't afford things. So he didn't want to tell me at all. And I don't know. Um, so how'd you get to Fairbanks? How do you yeah. go to rehab? There was this whole thing about like the iPad, like he had an iPad that I would use sometimes. And I would be like, where's the iPad? Oh, I left it in my locker at work. I'm like, well, bring it home. Like when you go to work tomorrow, like bring it home. Like I, I need to use that or something. And so he was at work one night and I text him like, don't forget. Cause he got texting by this point. Well, like, don't forget, bring the iPad home. Okay. So he gets home and he was just off. And I was like, is something wrong? He was like, yeah, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, he was like, I don't, I don't have the iPad. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like why? And he said, well, like, I don't have it. Like I, I physically don't have it anymore. Like I pawned it. And I'm like, why would you do that? I don't understand. And then he said, um, I've been using again. And like, it was just immediate, like, you know, you feel yourself go like cold. And I feel like that's the moment where like myself sort of like left my body, like disassociating and like, like then I'm watching the scene over and I'm just like using what, and I'm just like praying, like, let it be weed. Like, cause he had actually stopped smoking weed on his own. Like, I don't know, a few months after we started dating, he was like, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like that was out of the picture. So I'm like, please let it be weed. That would be fine. Like we can figure that out. And then he was like, heroin. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And um, I remember we were like sitting just opposite on opposite sides of the room. And I remember being like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean? Like, how would I not know? I'm like, how long? And I don't know, like six months, like a while. I'm like, how do I not know this? And uh, I remember at one point, I'm like, show me your arms. He was like, no, like, don't make, like, no. I'm like, show me your arms. Like, I don't believe, like, I need to see it like with my own eyes. And he like showed me his arms and sure enough, they were like track marks. And I remember that was the moment that I just like crumbled to the ground, like sobbing. Um and was like, you have to call your parents. You have to call somebody and tell them like, I can't be the only one who knows this right now. Like that is too much to put on. Like I cannot be the only buddy, person who knows this. Like you have to get help. Um, so he called his dad. And then the next day we like started calling around to figure out where he could go. We found Fairbanks and, but they were like, oh yeah, we have a, intake appointment on Thursday. This was Saturday. So it was like, okay, just don't use until then. Um, I remember he got Suboxone from like some connection that he had. And so he like used that for a few days. Um, but that was a stressful time. And then when we were supposed to leave for his intake appointment, he escaped out of the house when I was in the bathroom on the phone I I was like talking to my my one friend who knew about this stuff so I was telling her like hey we're going to Fairbanks and then I like heard the front door shut and I was like 
fuck. I just like knew it. And so I like run out and he's just gone, 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 gone. And so I'm calling him. He's not answering. And I'm like, we have this appointment. Finally, he answers. And he, um, he sounded so like panicked and desperate. Like, that's what I remember like about this time. And I think that's why I also felt like, so like, we have to figure out a way to like, get you help because just the like desperation and like sadness and like lost, he was just like, seemed so lost, like in that moment where it was like really like heartbreaking. Um, and he was like, I have to get high before we go in. And I just like, I'm trying to get to my dealer's house. I'm like, where are you? And he told me the spot and I was like, okay, fine. I am coming. I will pick you up. I will take you to your dealer's house and we will get, go to Fairbanks. I'm like, do not move from this spot. Like I am coming, like stay on the phone with me. Um, so I get him, I pick him up. I had no intention of taking him to the dealer, obviously. Um, cause I was like, I am not delivering him to his drugs. Like I couldn't make myself do that. So we get in the car. I'm like, okay, give me the directions. And like kind of the directions matched up with the way we needed to go to Fairbanks anyway. So we start going and I'm like in the far left lane, staying away from the exit ramps. And he's like, okay, this is, this is the exit. Here's where we got to go. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm trying to get over. And he was like, get over. You're not getting over. And I'm like, I can't get over. And he was like, I am going to jump out of this car. If you do not let me out. And I'm like, do not open that door. And like, I mean, we're on the highway around rush hour and I'm in the like left lane, like speeding. Cause I'm like, I just have to get there as fast as I can. And I just, I remember I just started like freaking out and crying. Like, I, I can't do this. I don't know. Like, I'm not taking you there. Like all I'm doing is just driving to Fairbanks. Once we get there, you can get out and go wherever you want, but I do not feel safe stopping this car sooner. So I'm just going. And we were both like so emotional and he just like starts crying and it was like, I just don't know what to do. And it was a lot. And then we got to Fairbanks. He did go in. Well, he went into intake, but he refused to actually admit himself until the next morning. And so I, his sister and her boyfriend came and met us because I was like, somebody needs to ride in the car back with us because he might try and jump out again. Um, so they did that. And I remember we went and we had a, like a meal and everything seemed calm. And it was like, okay, we're going to pack some of you, pack your backpack for inpatient and um then he escaped again and went out and used but he came back um and then we went to Fairbanks in the morning and then he went into rehab for well the detox for like 10 days that brings us to Fairbanks (laughs) okay so it is wild yeah it's very wild. Um, okay, so you're at Fairbanks, he's in detox. Um, you get to the family group, but you started two years before Jessica and I did. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, do you want to share a little bit about how you felt being kind of the only because you're still, I'm using finger quotes, a girlfriend. 
right? So you, you have no, you don't have a child with him. You're not married. And so I think you heard a lot, just leave. And so maybe the question is, why are you staying? Like, why have you, why, why stay? Well, so initially when, when I found out, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, I don't know that I am going to stay with him, but like, I have to help him get help. Like whether I am with him as his girlfriend or not. I think Jessica, maybe you said that also about Casey at one point. Um, maybe that's a, a common denominator issue that we have of like all trying to like, oh, I can just like help this person and fix them. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's not our responsibility, but I felt like this is a person that I have loved and cared about like deeply for three years, whether we, our relationship continues or not. Like I want to help them get help if they're willing to. I really wasn't sure that I was going to stay. Cause also, I mean, that summer, like leading up when the, the weird things were going on, like I had started being like, maybe this isn't going to work. Like was having some like questions around it, but then he got into treatment and, you know, did the like IOP and I started going to those family groups and I started going to Thursday night and I was hearing the stories and hearing like him open up and share things and be honest. And so it was like, okay, like he's, he's working on this. He's making changes. Like, you know, for once, like alcohol, like wasn't an issue anymore. Like, cause he was not drinking. He wasn't doing drugs. I was like the this is all like positive stuff. And so then it was sort of like, well, I guess I'll just see how it goes. I don't know. That's the best answer that I have at the moment for that. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, We are going to stop there and we will pick back up in a couple of weeks with part two. Hopefully you will join us back here for that. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss it. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.